Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Stay tuned. Today, I am talking about four recommendations for compensating controls for those businesses that have too few employees for adequate segregation of duties in accounts payable. Also, this podcast is now on iTunes and Google Play. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you can subscribe and leave a review. You can also feel free to tell any of your other AP or procurement professionals about the podcast. Welcome to episode five, four recommendations for compensating controls in absence of segregation of duties to protect the vendor master file from fraud. In my most recent blog post, AP and Procurement, Owning the Vendor Master File, Vendor Setup and Maintenance, that I posted last Thursday, November 4th, I discussed the question of who owned the vendor master file, AP or procurement. And I want to expand on the note that I had at the bottom referring to a segregation of duties in AP. It is one of the valid concerns that procurement has of why accounts payable should not own the vendor master file. So here's what I think is the basis of the procurement team's concern with accounts payable owning the vendor master file. The Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, PCAOB, they define segregation of duties as, and I quote, assigning different people the responsibilities of authorizing transactions, recording transactions, and maintaining custody of assets. That is intended to reduce the opportunities to allow any person to be in a position to both perpetrate and conceal errors of fraud in the normal course of his or her duties. Now, AP as a department has three high-level steps in getting the vendor paid. The first one is to create a vendor record in the vendor master file. The second one is to create or post the invoice from the vendor. And the third one is to pay the invoice. So if we look at it from procurement's point of view, if AP owns the vendor master file, then AP has access to create a vendor, to create an invoice, and to create a payment. And this does not comply with segregation of duties. In the blog post I referenced, according to IOFM, 76% of companies they surveyed reported that AP owns the vendor master file. So the question is, how does AP comply with segregation of duties when they own the vendor master file? So the obvious answer is to comply with segregation of duties. AP can separate each of these tasks, creating a vendor, creating or posting an invoice, 
and creating a payment to different teams or employees within AP, which can be controlled by limiting their access to the accounting system or ERP. It will also be important to monitor that system access to confirm that as team members transition out of or within the group or even out of the company that their access is removed. So implementing segregation of duties does satisfy procurement's concern because the AP employee or employees that maintain the vendor master file will not also be able to create or post an invoice or generate a payment. So that is the strategy and it's great for larger companies with many employees, but what about those companies who have too few employees to implement segregation of duties. And I have worked for both extremes. I've worked for a large company where the AP team members totaled over 150. But I've also worked for a small to mid-sized company where my AP team consisted of five employees. And in order to effectively cross-train, there was no way to achieve segregation of duties and also be able to operate efficiently. And that was especially true at month end when it was all hands on deck to match and post invoices. So what do you do if your company does not have enough employees to comply with segregation of duties? So here are four recommendations for compensating controls that can be put into place where segregation of duties is not possible that will protect your vendor master file from fraud. The first one is to require management approval for new vendor setups and existing vendor changes. Now management should be looking for the supporting documentation, including the source of the add or change request. They should also look for the validation of the supporting documentation. So for example, the IRS W-9, you'll look for the validation of the IRS 10 match. Both the requirement of the vendor's supporting documentation and the validation of that documentation is a quick indication that the vendor information is valid and not fraudulent. Now, a quick side note here, if anything I just talked about as far as uh, collecting supporting documentation and validation is not familiar to you, be sure to go to DebraRRichardson.com where I have training on my three-step vendor setup and maintenance process, authentication, validation, and management, and it includes best practices and internal controls for valid vendor setup and also maintaining the vendor master file. Okay, so let's go to number two, management review of all new vendor setups and vendor changes prior to payment runs. So the goal here is to generate a report and then look for changes in banking or remit addresses that were changed, then changed back quickly. For each change, your system should maintain an audit log that will tell you the date, time, and the user making the change. Now this is a good indicator if a payment was generated outside of the normal payment run 
using that vendor remittance information that was temporarily changed in the vendor master file. So the next thing you want to do for vendor addresses or banking information that was permanently changed, you want to cross check to verify it does not match any employee's address or banking. Now you may need to collaborate with payroll and or IT for this one if you do not have access to those records. And if you don't already have access to payroll or the employee's records to do this cross check, you don't need to get it. All you need is a way that the check can be done in the background and then have them notify you if there is ever a match. If there is a match between the employee information and the vendor remit address or banking information, this can be a good indicator that you need to research for occupational fraud. Now, if for some reason you were unable to implement the first recommendation, which was to require management approval for new vendor setups and existing vendor changes, you can add that step to this step. Review the supporting documentation, review the validations to verify that that vendor is not fraudulent. Okay, the third recommendation management review pay cycles prior to releasing payments. In this step, you want to review invoices for existing vendors to ensure that invoice numbering is consistent with their historical invoice numbers. Investigate any invoices that have additional letters or numbers such as A or 1 that adds to an otherwise valid invoice number. And then of course, investigate any invoices out of sequence. I would recommend that you also review the backup for any non-PO invoices. The last recommendation, number four, is to inactivate vendors monthly, quarterly, or at the very least annually. Review your vendor master and inactivate vendors that have not had invoices, purchase orders or payments in 12, 15, or 18 months. This will reduce the number of vendors that management needs to be concerned with. It'll reduce the potential for fraud because the record will not be available to select an error or intentionally because it has little use. And the assumption is that the vendor will not notice a fraudulent invoice. So that protects for any potential occupational fraud. This step also ensures that you're reviewing your vendor master for any duplicate vendors. And as we know, duplicate vendors can be an indicator of fraud. Require that all inactive vendors follow the process for new vendor setups. And as I stated in my blog, one way AP can work better with the procurement team is to give them a list of the vendors inactivated so they are aware. So just to recap, the four recommendations for compensating controls when you cannot implement segregation of duties are number one, require management approvals for new vendor setups and existing vendor changes. Number two, management review of all new vendor setups and vendor changes prior to payment runs. 
Number three, management review pay cycles prior to releasing payments. And number four, inactivate vendors monthly, quarterly, or at the very least, annually. Now this is more work, but compensating controls are required when there is no segregation of duties in AP. Based on your accounting system or ERP, you may be able to automate some of these controls. Also, you can consider the many third-party automated solutions for a vendor self-registration portal that include workflow and can be a hands-off process for vendor setups and existing vendor changes into your accounting system or ERP. As normal, review these recommendations with your leadership and or auditing team and make adjustments based on your accounting system or ERP, your company processes, and your industry. If you enjoyed these recommendations, consider taking my Vendor Master training that consists of authentication, validation, and management courses as part of a three-step vendor setup and maintenance process to protect the vendor master file from fraud and to keep it clean. Visit deborahrrichardson.com slash training for more details. Thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the fifth episode of putting the AP in happy podcast where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to my blog and the PCAOB link for auditing controls. Stay happy.